Hello, this is Bonnie here, and I'm excited to share an interview that I had with Mandy Hale. She is a New York Times bestselling author and just recently released the book, Don't Believe the Swipe, uh, with a tagline of finding love without losing yourself. She is a a 40-year-old single woman uh, who has a strong message for you today to not settle not play games and to not wrap your identity into your dating status. She's released five. This is her fifth book that she's released that we're going to be talking about in this interview today. And I know for many of you, you are in a single season. Uh, Maybe that season's been long. Maybe it's been short. But either way, I know that you are going to find some great encouragement and wisdom in the lessons that Mandy Hale shares Uh, But before we jump into that conversation, I do want to share with you about two um, new resources that we are developing right now. The first one is a three session mini course called Clear History. Brian's been working on this and, uh, you know, he's been candid about his story of overcoming a pornography addiction and just kind of, I mean, truthfully, just living in the culture that we do that is saturated with sexual imaging images that also then find themselves find those images find themselves into in our headspace and you know with our computer you can click a button clear history but it takes a lot more diligence and strength to do that within your mind and so Brian um, has compiled some of the like key lessons foundational lessons that he had to learn in order to reclaim his mental space so we want to share that with you Uh, as a free resource for anyone who is a, you know, a friend of the union movement. Uh, Simultaneously, I've been working on something called making a clean break, um, which has to do, honestly, it actually started with conversation I had with a young woman who was in a relationship that she, uh, you know, said it was toxic. I had to get out of it. And she did. Uh, But then in, in the breakup process, she had to, you know, we had some conversations about the challenges still of breaking up with somebody and And so it got me thinking about all the different um, emotional challenges and even some practical challenges that come whenever you get into a relationship. And then for one reason or another, you end up having to break up. Not everyone marry. You don't often you really don't often marry the first person that you date. And so how do you untangle yourself from someone else's life while also learning maybe from mistakes in the past and, you know, setting yourself up for the future. So that's going to be a 21 day journaling resource for you. Both of those things we're wanting to give away as just free support for wherever you're at in your journey. If you want to subscribe to the union movement, you can find that over on our website, www.theunionmovement.com. Then you can stay in touch with us and we will be able to send it to you as soon as it is ready. If either of those Um, sound like they would be helpful to you. All right. So without any further ado, here is my conversation with Mandy Hale, New York Times bestselling author. You're listening to The Union Podcast. The Union exists to bring biblical confidence and clarity to the topics of relationships and sexuality. On this podcast, we unpack the damaging effects of modern sex culture and discuss how to heal from the past and enrich your relationships. Here are your hosts, Brian and Bonnie Pugh. Well, thank you, Mandy Hale, for joining me today. We're so glad to have you. Thank you so much for having me. So you uh, have just recently released a book called Don't Believe the Swipe. And I love this, the uh, subtitle, 
finding love without losing yourself. I think that's incredible. I also think, you know, don't believe the swipe. What a digital, it's a digitally savvy title because this generation, it's so much of our interacting is happening online in the online places. But this book um, just kind of brings in your journey in singleness, your journey in relationships, finding confidence in who you are, never settling um, or like lowering your standards. And so I think that's wonderful. I'm excited to have this conversation with you today. Yes. Thank you so much. And thank you for your kind remarks about the title. I actually was driving down the road one day when I was, when the title came to me and I've been racking my brain trying to come up with something that I love wordplay and puns and all of that as a writer. So uh, yeah, the title hit me and I had to pull off the side of the road before I ran off the road because I got so excited and the rest was history. So yeah. That's very cool because I mean, it can feel, I mean, the swipe in a way is another word for the rejection, you know? Yes. And in the dating, uh, you know, I can, I just think we know that the, the average age for marrying is getting older. And so there's an increasing single population who is walking around with this, you know, this question or this fear of rejection or this sense, maybe even like what's wrong with me that nobody has picked me yet can be the feeling, right? Maybe even I think of it you know, in school where it's like, Hey, two team captains picking and you're like the last one standing there. Maybe your friends are getting married. There's this emotions connected to still being single, but I love that you are just trying to say like, no, like embrace the journey where you are. And could you share please, um, you know, your journey, your experience in fighting that internal narrative of pushing off that sense of rejection as a single person? Yeah. I mean, I think that you have to be so, and I wasn't prepared when I I was a very late joiner to online dating. Um, I've never been this sort of, you know, serial dater. I've always been much more um, cautious and reserved when it comes to dating. So I was very much a late bloomer when it, when it came to online dating and didn't really know what I was getting myself into. And when I first sort of joined you know, the world of modern technology and online dating, it was like just one rejection after another. And it was like, wow, this is, this is hard. I mean, you have to develop such a thick skin and I don't have a thick skin. I'm an empath. I'm a sensitive person by nature. So it was just such a struggle for me. And I kind of reached the point where, you know, after a few years of kind of being on apps and off apps and taking breaks and then getting back on of just kind of where I was like, you know what? One day I said, no, I'm not doing this anymore. This is not going to be I'm going to let this serve the function that it's meant to serve in my life, which is one small area of my life. It might help me find love. It might just lead to really good writing material, (laughs) but either way, I'm going to learn how to take it in stride and, and honestly take it with humor. I mean, you have to, you absolutely have to sort of approach this whole crazy modern dating world with, with humor and with your wits about you, or you'll honestly go insane. And so I said, you know what? I'm uh, no more. I'm not letting this control my life anymore. I'm not going to let this, what someone else says about me, what someone else feels about me, whether someone is swiping left on me, right on me, whatever, that has absolutely nothing to do with who I am, my sense of worth and my value as a person. My value is inherent. I am, you know, precious and valuable and lovable regardless of what happens outside of me, everything that I need already lives inside of me. So mm-hmm. it was kind of that attitude that I wanted to take, you know, once I kind of learned to cross that threshold myself, I wanted to share that with everyone else. And that's kind of where the book was born. 
That's amazing. I love what you said there about how online dating apps is meant to be a tool where you might, it might lead to something it might not. You're right that, you know, the online world is where so much social interaction is taking place. I love that within your book, you talk about the need, um, there's still the need for like safety and, you know, even in community, a sense of like communicating with others out in your physical world or like right. right in front of you, you know, about what's happening in the digital world. I think that's super key. Um, and so you, yeah, you're sh- sharing there about how you, you're like, I'm not going to let the swipe define my value, my worth. Um, I like it. Um, also within in your book, you talk about how you had to do, you ended up doing like a breakup with dating yeah. itself because can you share about that? Absolutely. Uh, yeah. It's one of my topics to talk about. I've actually been on, I, I do this regularly. Um, the one I talk about in the book was one of the more significant sort of dating hiatuses I've taken um, because I had kind of reached the point where I was no longer dating from a place, like from, it didn't feel like a healthy place anymore. It felt like, you know, I used to love that there, as we get older and as we mature, we realize that the lines from movies that we loved and that were seemed so romantic when we were in our twenties are so not healthy as you get older, you realize the reality, like I'm just a girl standing in front of a boy asking him to love her. That's not, that sounds romantic in theory, but in reality, you shouldn't have to stand in front of a boy and ask him to love her. That's not, that's not what this whole dating thing should be about. And I had realized that I had found myself in that place where I was just sort of standing there, just sort of anyone who, um, you know, if I met a guy, by happenstance and we sort of clicked and hit it off and he was attractive and we had a little bit of a vibe. Okay, sure. Let's date. And it was like, but are you really, is this really someone that you see you spending your life with? And if not, why are you wasting a month, two months, three months of your life on, on this situation? So it had kind of reached the place and I had reached the place in my life where I've, I've found myself settling and I found myself just really burned out and just dating for all the wrong reasons. And I said, you know what? I have to step away from this for a little while because it's like anything else in life. When, when you find yourself sort of beating your head up against the wall, um, it's time to take a step back and it's time to really kind of recalibrate and reevaluate what you want, you know, what you will and won't settle for what you will and won't compromise on. Yeah. And, um, you know, just kind of take a break and say, Hey, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to lay this down for a little while. And just come back to it when I feel like I've gotten back to a healthier place with myself, because ultimately that relationship with yourself is really so important because Mm -hmm. regardless of whether you're married, single, what your stature in life is, the one relationship that you're guaranteed to, to be walking in for your entire life is the one with yourself. Right. And you don't have that one figured out. It's going to bleed over into all of your other relationships, romantic or otherwise. That's right. That's so good. Uh, it's something, you know, we hear, you know, on the, with the union movement we talk about with is, uh, coined the, a friend coined the lesson of singleness. And it's just the reality that there's some needs in your life that the only one who can fill it is God. Like you, you yourself or like putting that kind of pressure on somebody else is actually just going to make that relationship implode. Right. And so whether you're putting that pressure on a, maybe you put it on a child, maybe you put it on a parent, maybe you put it on a best friend you know, or you're like, you're saying a romantic relationship. Whereas when you can with yourself, know your own inherent value from God to you and trust your future into his hands, just how much more ready you are to then step into the potential of a romantic relationship or this like, um, 
like you're saying, like someone you could spend the rest of your life with. Like it's not dating isn't just a hobby, you know, um, some people well, treat I, it like that for sure. But I think a big part of the part of that pressure is that the reason we're putting it as single people, the reason we're putting it on ourselves is because, you know, society is putting it on us and totally. culture and yeah. And even the church at times, totally. yeah. um, putting this, this pressure on us of, Hey, you know, this is just the way life goes. You get married at a certain age, you start a family at a certain age, you do this, you do this, this. And if you're not doing those things, then there must be something missing or, you know, you're not quite on par with other people. So I think that we really, it's my hope that maybe we can kind of, you know, everyone can sort of adopt a different viewpoint of, of singleness and realize that, Hey, you know, some people's journey is going to look a little bit different and that's okay. It doesn't make them any better, any worse. It just makes it different. And that's totally okay. I agree. I think that's significant. What you said there about that there can be that pressure. I mean, for sure. I, you know, I have some friends who are single, same age as me, you know, mid thirties and it's mm-hmm. like they go to family functions or their parents make comments or it's just what the single people are facing. And, and, you know, most, a lot of single people, they do have a desire for that type of, you know, relational connection. So then it seems to only amplify the pain, like a little bit of salt in the wound of like, do you think I don't notice uh, that I'm single? <laughs> of course I know yep. I'm single. Um, exactly. But with I, I had heard that within, within church, it's interesting that nowadays we like put marriage on this pedestal, but like for centuries, it was actually the single men and women who were um, admired and even elevated kind of like, wow, now you are the, like God has favor on your life because you can be devoted to, you know, to serving his purposes in the earth without distraction. And so it's like, it's, it's like we went from one extreme to the other, um, but there's so many incredible men and women throughout history who did so as single as singles. You know, I think of even Florence right. Nightingale. She actually resisted and rejected marriage for a long time so that she could get into nursing. And she, you know, revolutionized the medical field. Yeah. Also, I, uh, right. I totally agree with you. I think that's amazing. Yeah. You, um, you said there about, you know, maybe even when you go into a relationship or even maybe if you're on a dating app or something like that. And you could feel this pressure to lower your standards, to lower, like, maybe I'm just too picky. I mean, I've heard my single friends say this. Can you talk about that? The like, maybe I'm too picky. That's why I'm still single. Yeah. I mean, I talk about this in the book that, you know, one of the lines in the book, it's one of my favorite lines in the book. I I talk about how, you know, we have to stop treating every man we meet as our last chance at happiness. And I think once you get to a certain age, uh, really, I mean, 30s and beyond, it's kind of like it's sort of ingrained in you. Oh, well, you're more likely to be struck by lightning than you are to, you know, find love after the age of 35 or 40. And so you start to kind of feel this panic and this internal, you know, oh my gosh, well, maybe I just need to, you know, just kind of settle for whoever is standing right in front of me, kind of like a game of musical chairs, like just grab a chair before they're all gone. And I think that that ultimately leads to, you know, it's such a recipe for disaster because when you go into a situation um, it's really, uh, you know, dating out of, out of loneliness instead of, you know, love, basically. It's not because you are, you know, searching for love so much as just avoiding loneliness. And I think wow. that that do all sorts of compromise and settling. And, you know, ultimately you, you are very well, you know, you might end up not alone, but you also might wake up one day realizing that, you know, you settled for a situation that was not meant for you that was never meant for you just because you know you had this this 
terror of being alone. And, you know, I've kind of reached the place in my life where it's like, I would rather be alone all day, every day than be with the wrong person. And I think that, you know, it's, it's honestly kind of my hope that maybe the silver lining of this insane year that we've had, where I know so many people, so many single people, you know, girlfriends of mine, guy friends of mine have been, you know, they're single and they've been quarantining alone and they've, they've had to spend all this time alone. And, you know, I'm really hopeful that the silver lining of that, I know for me, it, it really helped me realize, Hey, like I really enjoy my own company and way to go. I really, so like, good. I really like just hanging out with myself and, you know, yeah, I want somebody to come along and join me in my journey, but if they don't, I'm, I'm going to be okay. Wow. And that's the I want people to realize, you know, yes, this book is a quote unquote dating book. Yeah. But really at the end of the day, the true heart of the book is all about just realizing that, Hey, you know, regardless of what happens of where your romantic path leads you or doesn't lead you, you're going to be okay. And you can be just as happy and just as content and just as fulfilled and have a life that is just as significant. um, Come on. Yeah. Whether or not you happen to have a, a significant other. That's so good. I love that. Yeah. Uh, okay. So a practical question, maybe, you know, so we go to that thought of, um, you don't want to settle. You'd rather, it's like, I agree with you. It's better to be lonely than yeah. to be in a marriage where you, or, you know, in this relationship where you, you are technically with someone, but you still feel alone. Like that would be worse. Yeah. So what type of, you know, what type of expectations or what type of expectations are reasonable and what are unreasonable? What ones would you say you need to maybe actually lower your expectation there a little bit and which like, which ones like we just need to make room for a man's humanity and which ones would you say are like, no, 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 these are like, these are fixed for me. Well, I think that you have to really kind of go into it. And this is what I always encourage people before you ever get on that first dating app, that first dating site, or, or before you ever go out on that first date with someone you may meet organically. Sit down and make your list. What are your negotiables? What are your non-negotiables? I mean, I know mine, but they're going to probably look different for every person. I think you have to kind of go into it like, okay, you know, first of all, if you're going into it with, oh, my future mate has to have brown hair and blue eyes. Those are things that you probably need to be willing to negotiate on. He may not be six foot tall. He may not, you know, look like he just left the gym. He may, those are things that I always say, you know, they're obviously you know, everybody has their different wants and, and, you know, likes and dislikes, but I try to be somewhat flexible when it comes to things like that. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, obviously the not, the non-negotiables, what are, what are his, what's his faith? Um, is he close to his family? Does he want children? Does he have, you know, mm-hmm. some sort of career path established? Um, you know, politics is a big thing in this day and age. So I think if you don't go into um, a dating situation with already having your list, it's going to be so easy to just kind of find yourself cutting corners here and cutting corners there. Mm-hmm. I joke around and say, it's kind of like, like dating without standards and boundaries is like going to the grocery store when you're hungry. Like you're just going to be picking up everything and tossing it in your car, regardless of whether or not it's good for you or really if you even need it or want it. And so right. that's how dating is like, you have to have a really set idea of, where am I going to be willing to compromise and where am I not? Now, certainly if you meet an amazing man and he hits all, he checks all your boxes, except he's not six feet tall or he has curly hair instead of straight hair. I mean, really at, at that moment, it's time to really ask yourself, okay, do I really need to be this? You know, there are certain things, obviously, yes. 
you have to be flexible on um, because love is not going to always look exactly like the Hallmark movie picture that you might have in your mind. But if he checks all the important boxes, that's the heart of, of who he is. That's what really matters. And those are the things that for me that I really, you know, ultimately are my deal breakers or non deal breakers. That's so good. And even as you're saying yeah. that, I realize like in order to create that list, in order to say, what does he need to be? Or, you know, or for those guys listening, what does she need to be? It's like, you actually need to become yeah. acquainted, acquainted with yourself. You need to realize yes. what, that, what matters to me and to not apologize yeah. for who, even who God's made you to be, what you're, you know, um, what you've right. chosen, what you've gone through and what, what's significant to you. So that's, that's a, that's another reason why you need to be willing to be alone some for a little while is even to take some time to say, okay, who am I? What direction do I think I'm heading in my life? And so what, uh, yeah, what are the things that I, someone could partner with me could walk into that. So that's, and it sounds right. like compatibility that extends beyond, you know, like, do we like the same style of music? Do yeah. we, you know, I think of my husband and I, I thought we were more alike than we are, you know, as we've gone along, I'm like, man, we actually have a, we, our mode of operation is so different in life. But the things that really matter to us, the things that we value, those stay the same. We just look at it at very different ways. So there's still compatibility doesn't mean it's free from conflict, but you want the same things in life. And yeah, yeah. And that list may change. I mean, my list at 30 is not going to be this is, you know, now that I'm 42, it's completely different. So, I mean, you have to I think the important thing is flexibility, um, just kind of being willing to. be flexible and, um, to also, you know, really, really be true to yourself unapologetically because yeah. what's important to you is important to you. And it may not be important to the next person, but right. you have to really, um, say, you know what, I'm not going to, once you know, okay, here's my list and I'm not going to waver. I'm not going to, I'm not going to compromise. I'm not going to, you know, bend on any of these things. I think yeah. it gives you a lot stronger foundation to date from because you know who you are, you know what yeah. you're looking for and you know what you're not willing to settle for. I actually saw, I saw an Instagram post that you did. I might've even been today where it was, you know, an ex texting like, Hey, what's up? And your response was my standards. Like, see ya, (laughs) you know, I'm like, that's so good. And so tell, tell me a little bit about that. You, you seem to have, um, you know, within the book, I noticed you talk a little bit about that. Um, the tendency, the temptation to go back to a ex relationship, maybe like, like you say, musical chairs, maybe like, maybe that's my only chance. Maybe I ruined my only chance. Tell, can you, you know, for those listening who maybe feel that temptation to go back to an ex, what would you, what would you say? I mean, everyone's situation is different. I get that. But in general, what have you seen? It almost never ends well. I mean, you look at, and now you have these, you know, you see these big examples of, you know, these celebrities. Now we have Benifer, Ben Affleck and Jennifer Lopez are back together supposedly. And So you look at, you see all these examples and you like to romanticize it and think, oh, well, you know, maybe they've changed or maybe they really are the one meant for me. And it was just the wrong timing. And every once in a blue moon, that may, that may be the the case. That may be the situation. But I would say nine times out of 10, the same reasons that the relationship ended in the first place are still there. They're still valid. Mm. Um, Barring some miraculous, not saying that it couldn't happen, but barring miraculous intervention, you know, from God, I I would say that the same issues that you had the first time around are going to reappear at some point the second time around. 
And I can just say from my own personal experience as someone who used to be very, very guilty of recycling my exes, it has never ended well. Um, It just, you know, the the relationship ended for a reason. And I think it's so important when you're tempted to go back to remember that reason. Um, Because it, it just feels like it's, you know, you're just setting yourself up for an even bigger heartbreak um, when you go back to someone who's already broken your heart the first time around. So again, you can't say, I know I've had people reach out to me and say, Hey, I got back together with my ex and we're getting married next week. And it's like, great. You know, that's awesome when that happens, but that tends to be the exception Mm -hmm. and not the rule. I just know from my own life and from my single girlfriends and my single guy friends, anytime that they've, you know, gone back, back to an ex, or been tempted to go back to an ex it's always just kind of one of those things where it's like ah no yeah. steer clear don't circle your exes it's bad for your environment <laughs> <laughs> that's hilarious and I think there might even be the difference between like a calculated break you know like taking yeah. a break taking a step back to evaluate yeah. to be like oh you know what I actually need to get that figured out before I commit to this relationship right. that would even be different than where it's like this is like either a toxic relationship or this is like yeah. our values are not aligned at all or we keep fighting about these things or whatever to like it, uh, maybe then when you break, you know, it's a true break from an ex or like an ex situation. The temptation could be to think back with nostalgia, right? And say, uh, oh, but the- remember when we went for that, like that walk that one day and it started to rain and he, whatever, you know, you could, Put whatever storyline in there, you kind of romanticize it. Reverse color glasses. We always look back right. to the past and remember the good and, you know, we forget the bad. And I certainly think there are some caveats. I mean, obviously I would look at the way the relationship ended the first time around. If it ended because say the person needed to move out of town for a job and now they're moving back, that's a much different scenario than if totally. the person put it on you, and, you know, three times and now they're coming back wearing up and down that they're, you know, they're a changed person. So I think obviously mm-hmm. with everything, there's, there mm-hmm. are things to consider and there are caveats. Um, but I think for the most part, going back to an ex is, it feels like a much better idea than in theory, than the reality usually ever turns out to be. Yeah. So what do you do, you know, as a single woman and you know, you're, you said you're 42, is that what you said? Mm-hmm. 42 and looking fine gotta say you lovely oh, lovely you. lady um and from tennessee right i noticed an accent there you might yeah. i mean i probably have an accent to you it's funny how accents work anyway you um, sort of are you uh, midwest no i'm off actually western canada we're just over the border um oh, in bc now i would have thought that you're you have sort of that accent that's nondescript that you okay. can't really so yeah excellent <laughs> that's I've awesome canada, but i want to come so bad Yes. Oh, we'd love to yeah. have you. It's beautiful. Yeah. I'm, I am biased to the Western side here, but with the mountains yeah. and everything. No, I've heard it's just absolutely glorious. And I have some just really awesome readers there. So I would love to come for a visit sometime. All right. Well, standing invitation once the, once the border says it's allowed. <laughs> yes, absolutely. <laughs> awesome. So, um, so, oh, what I was going to ask you about what do you do in all these, you know, these decisions and you're, you know, sometimes you feel swayed in different directions. How do you involve, um, you know, like either mentors or a community in your life to talk through these processes? Is it something you just go at on your own or do you include other people in the processes? No, I definitely include other people. I'm sort of like, it takes a village type person when it comes to my dating life. 
my parents, honestly, are, are I'm very close to them. And usually if my parents have a weird vibe about someone, it's usually always on the money, um, uh-huh. even if I don't want to admit it at the time. But they're probably my two closest, uh, you know, people who I talk to about stuff. I have lifelong friends who one one of my lifelong friends, she's married. So she's able to, you know, offer that perspective on things. I'm able to bounce things off her as a married woman. Um, I have another lifelong friend who we've been kind of in these single trenches for years and years now. So we're able to bounce things off each other. So yeah, I absolutely have. I completely depend on, you know, my village and my tribe of people to, to weigh in and to, um, you know, pray with me to give me their honest and open thoughts about, you know, any romantic prospects or dating situations that might come along. I've always been one of those people where it's like, don't tell me what you think I want to hear. Like, tell me, like, break it down for me. Tell me what you really, really, really think here. Cause I need sometimes other people can be like, when we're in a situation, we're so close to it that we, you know, we need our people who are on the outside of the situation looking in to say, Hey, here's something that you may have blinders to that you may not be seeing. So I think, man, I have so much respect for that. I think it's funny that we would think, you know, in all these other areas of life, we're happy to bring in coaching and mentoring, you know, but then when it comes to relationships, I've seen, maybe it's when they're a little younger, maybe when they're in their twenties, early thirties, even like I'm an adult, like I can handle this, but it's like, why, what other area of life do we not get insight from our people or even, even people outside our circle, you know, like even more wisdom and bringing it in. What other area do we do that? Um, and like are, are so prideful about it, you know, Yeah, I I want to change my health, but I'm not going to talk to anybody about it. I'm going to do it myself. Like, no, that's I, so I think that's really wise to include the people who love you the most, who want the best for you. Um, yeah. Yeah. Because very often that, you know, like I said, they can see things from a different perspective and they can see, things that with you and your love goggles may not necessarily um, be able to see with, with the same level of perspective. So I think it's so important to have other people in your life to, um, you know, to just stand with you and and walk with you through, you know, this single life. It's crazy. If I didn't have people walking with me through it, I don't know what I would do. Yeah. That's so good. Now within, um, within relationships, say, you know, something is working out, taking these steps, you're getting closer with somebody, how would you recommend, um, keeping, keeping a balance within your life? You know, sometimes when people start a relationship, like you're saying, I guess community Mm -hmm. is one answer to this. When you start a relationship, you can almost get infatuated. You can get, like you said, the love goggles. How do you maintain a balance of the other areas of your life too? This is so important. And it's something that in the past I have not been great at doing just balance in general. I'll get really you know, gung ho about writing a book and I'll do nothing but write a book for two months and I'll shut out the rest of the world or I'll be on a, you know, big social kick and I'll hang out with my friends and everything else will kind of fall by the wayside or I get in a relationship and I'm so just excited and, you know, uh, all giggly and happy about meeting someone that I'll be all about that relationship. So finding that balance has been a little bit of a challenge for me, honestly, but I think, um, I've really realized that in my last serious relationship, which has been a couple of years, but I started to see as the relationship went on, you know, when we first met, I was, had my own thing going. I was working on a book. I was hanging out with my friends. I was doing this. I was doing that. And that was the person that he fell for. But then Mm. the, the more the relationship went on, the more I started to kind of let 
him eclipse everything else in my life. And wow. I center yeah. everything in my life around him. And that's always just a recipe for disaster because that's not balanced and it's not healthy. When you center all your attention on any one thing and let everything else fall by the wayside, that's that's kind of saying, hey, the rest of my life isn't valuable and important. The only thing valuable and important in my life is this relationship. And so it really just, the relationship just sort of buckled under the weight of all of wow. that. And yeah. So I think just remembering like you are a whole complete person outside of that relationship and that relationship is great, but it's just the icing on the cake. You are the cake. So just remembering your own life, your own friends, your own family, your own things, like your job, you have all these things going for you. Don't just don't be that person that just drops everything else in your life to focus on nothing other than this relationship, because it just it won't lead anywhere good. It's not a healthy way to be. It, it's not healthy for you. It's certainly not healthy for the other person because it's like basically putting all of your life's hope and dreams and happiness and worth. That's a lot of pressure. Other, you know, yeah. One other imperfect human being. And that's a lot of pressure for them. Yeah. Um, this sets the relationship up to fail. Right. So I think mainly just going into, I think, again, that's one of those things that you have to really And that part of that comes with age, I think, of just Mm -hmm. being so rooted and so confident in who you are um, that you're not going to be willing to that is you understand like how valuable you are and how valuable your life is that you're not going to be willing to just toss all that out the door because a relationship happens to come along. And then the bonus of, you know, maintaining the balance of your life is that's also I mean, when it boils down to it, I mean, there's lots of bonuses, but when it comes to the relationship, it's a lot more you know, I always say a, a person who has a full, you know, busy, lively life of their own is always a lot more inviting than someone who's looking for a relationship to fulfill every aspect of their life. So That's it's true. just really attractive. A person who is so confident in who they are and has their own thing going and isn't going to just toss all out the window the minute a relationship comes along. That's just really, really attractive. If there's no other good that comes along with it, which there is. There's also that extra added bonus if it just automatically makes you, you know, more attractive to it's the so person you're dating and to the world at large because you're not, you know, you know who you are, and you're not going to be shaken. Yeah. And then that person has the confidence to know kind of what they're getting into. Kind of like, oh, that's exactly. the type of person she is or that kind of person he is. Um, right. I know whether or not I could even commit to that. Right. Uh, yeah. No, that's really good. And it sounds to me like that sets you up for a relationship that would be interdependent rather than codependent where one person gets all the power and the other person is just like following them around. Like that's not a healthy teammate at all, you know, whereas the interdependence where it's like, okay, you have things that are important to you. I have things that are important to me. We're going to help each other hit. um, We're going to help each other hit those goals, you know? And that's been truly one of my greatest, you know, with my husband, it's like we met young um, you know, took a couple years before where we had feelings for each other, but we actually felt like we weren't supposed to jump into the relationship yet. We married still quite young, had a family young. And so, you know, there's romance and whatever, but one of the greatest joys is the ability to help each other, like achieve the things that we feel we're called to, you know, for yeah. me to feel like someone has my back and, and for him, you know, to feel the same from me, like that we're like, yeah. Hey, how can we get you where you're going in life? How can I help you get where you're going? That's like a great joy. And I think in, I mean, in the Bible, it talks about, you know, being equally yoked with somebody. And it's like, it doesn't talk about like, make sure you can sit with somebody in a candlelit restaurant. That's, that's it, you know, but 
of course yeah. there's room for candlelight. Um, but really in life, there is a yoke. There's like a purpose, like a pulling, like a, a laboring together, um, that brings so much fulfillment within marriage, I think. So yeah. I think that's really beautiful. So maybe, you know, for people who are listening and they're single and maybe mm-hmm. they're questioning, like, should I get an online, you know, should I get do online dating or not? Or how do I start? How do I meet somebody? I mean, even right now, it's such a funny time with COVID and we've yeah. all been not meeting people. Um, right. What could be some, you know, maybe one or two ideas of like first steps of like, I do want to meet someone, but I don't want to be needy. What would you recommend for them? I think first and foremost, just make sure that you're in a really, you know, that you are um, as healthy as you can possibly be emotionally, mentally, spiritually, physically. You know, I'm a huge believer and um, proponent of therapy. I think everyone should be in therapy. Everyone should, you know, have someone through their stuff, man. Yeah. Right. To work through the hard things with and to kind of get to the root of whatever issues it is that you're struggling with and that may be holding you back from, you know, being able to find a relationship. Um, so I think just making sure that you're in the right mindset and mm-hmm. making sure you're going into it for the right reasons. If you're going into it just because you're bored or you don't want to be alone or, right. you know, you feel you you feel pressure, you feel like you should, I yeah. would maybe say, you know, no, now it's not the time. But if you feel like, hey, you know, I've been locked away for a year due to the pandemic and we've, we've all kind of lost a year of our lives, so to speak. And I do feel like, I've, you know, I've spent this time alone. I'm in this great place. I'm confident in who I am. I know who I am. I know what I'm looking for. I know what I'm not going to settle for. And I'm just ready to kind of put myself out there. I think, yes, absolutely. Give it a shot. And don't be, don't be, there's nothing to be afraid of when it comes to online dating. I think there's still, even, even in the year 2021, there's still some, maybe some doubt, some trepidation, some hesitation, but I Mm -hmm. think I always tell people, Hey, talk to your friends, see what apps they're on, see what has worked for them. What has not worked for them. Get some recommendations from the people closest to you. That's what I, how I started out on a dating app. I talked to some male friends, some female friends got some feedback. Hey, which ones do you recommend? Which ones should I steer clear of? Um, And then I picked one and I also, you know, I would recommend not, you don't have to feel like sometimes people get so uh, like a kid in a candy store. Once you get on one app, then, oh, okay, I'm going to download this app and this app. And then before you know it, you're on seven apps swiping with, you know, 47 different people. And that's a lot. Yeah. Yeah. It's overwhelming and exhausting and you can't possibly, you know, engage meaningfully with one or two people if you're engaging, you know, superficially with 47 people. So I would say pick one app, you know, give it a go, kind of and explore the app a little bit, you know, look at it, play around with it. Again, get feedback from your your people, your tribe, um, you know, get out there and give it a go and just realize like, again, you have to keep it in perspective. Like this may, this, this is not, this app is not going to be the be all and end all of my life. It's not going to, I'm not going to probably marry the first person I match with. <laughs> you have to really... Because when I first got on there, I thought, oh, this is it. I'm good. you know, I'm probably going to be married in a few months. And no, it really probably is. Some people it works that way. For the most part, it's probably not going to work that way. You're going right. to have to swipe. You're going to have to find a rhythm. You're going to have to engage in several different conversations before you form that, you know, two yeah. or three meaningful connections. But, you know, give it a try because yeah. worst case scenario, you don't meet anyone. But best case scenario, you, you might meet the love of your life. You may 
make some great friends out of it. Um, yeah. You'll get some great life experience out of it. And you put yourself out there and you took a shot. And that's really, really brave, regardless of, of you know, what comes of it. Yeah. I love that. Just the low pressure, yeah. the taking steps with a low pressure, you know, that this isn't right. going to fulfill my, this isn't the fulfillment of my hopes and dreams. Right. Taking a step. Um, yeah. And then, like you said, you know, making sure that there's, there's like the general, like logic of safety and all those things right. with the online, you know, cause online can be so weird. Cause you can just present yeah. the best part of yourself. You, I mean, in your book, you mentioned the term, there's the cat fishing, but then yeah. you also call it kitten fishing. Kitten fishing. <laughs> can you actually, can you explain that? Cause I thought that was really cute. Yeah. I, this is, that's a term I found online. I had never heard of it myself before I did the research, but Kitten fishing is when you use older photos of yourself, like five or 10 years older when you're younger and maybe what you perceive to be as more attractive in order to kind of hook people. So I always encourage people like use recent photos. You want people to kind of, when you meet someone in person, you want them to recognize you try to steer clear of the heavy filtering. I mean, come on, I'm 42. I love a good filter as much as the next person. But again, you want the reality Authentic. Yeah. Up with what the pictures are that you've portrayed um, yourself to be online. So how to be, you know, as real and authentic and, and just be yourself because yourself is going to be enough for the right person. And, you know, try to approach it. I think, again, we put oh, yeah. so much pressure and so much seriousness on and weight on dating that we, we really aren't really having fun with it anymore. So right. decide that you're going to look at it as, Hey, dating is supposed to be fun. You know, yeah. it's be, this great adventure. And I'm going to approach it from a place of curiosity and excitement mm -hmm. rather than, you know, dread and, <laughs> and right. all these expectations. Yeah. And then, you know, it, like you said, if it's like, you, you know, you go into it for a little while and then if it starts to right. feel tiring, you can take a break. You don't have yes. to, you know, absolutely. Yeah. Like stay on as long as you want and then take a break and maybe you'll, you know, do some dark bits. But the world is starting to open back up again. So yeah. hopefully you'll be able to get out there and start doing some, you know, quote unquote, normal day-to-day -day activities. And maybe you'll meet someone organically, but don't be afraid to, you know, step away and take breathers, take breaks um, yeah. from dating. And that I've people always, I've heard from people, well, but I'm in my forties. I don't have time to take a break. You have to take a break for your own mental health, for your own spiritual health, for your own emotional health. I like that have to just be willing to lay it down and walk away and trust that what is meant for you is still going to be meant for you. And it's not going to get away from you. Yeah. Um, just because you're stepping away and taking a moment to, you know, kind of recalibrate. That's so good, man. I just, I feel like there's probably still so many questions. I'm trying to think like a single person, like what type of questions would, you know, do we want Mandy to answer? But I know that you, you have this conversation on your online platforms. You obviously, you have this book. Um, can you just tell people where they can find you if they want to get some more, you know, they can ask you questions directly or, you know, you have a, you have, you know, shared a lot that they could go back and, and see that as yeah. that resource. Um, you can pretty much find me on any social media platform at the single woman. And then if you would like to purchase the book, you can just go to don't believe swipe.com and it'll take you to all the different places you can purchase it at. That's awesome. And what are you going to do if you get, you know, if when you get married, are you going to keep yeah. at the single woman? Probably just. <laughs> I will. Um, you know, I think I'm going to always have a heart to inspire and encourage and speak to single women. I might just have, you know, different things to, to share. And the cool thing about my audience is they've been with me for over 10 years now. So a Incredible. lot of them have 
grown and changed and gotten married and had children and they're still following me and still reading my book, even though it's about dating this time around. And um, so they've been able to kind of, as their life has evolved, um, they've stuck with me. So I'll be able to kind of share different perspectives on different things as my life evolves. Yeah. yeah, it's just always, we're always learning no matter what stage we're in. I love, um, yeah, I just love your willingness, your vulnerability to share where you're at and to kind of help other people along in the journey. So thank you so much for being with us here today on the podcast. It's a pleasure yeah. to meet you and to hear you your too. thoughts. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening to the Union Podcast. If you have any questions or comments, we'd love to hear from you please email us at podcast at theunionmovement.com. For more information, please visit our website, theunionmovement.com, or find us on Facebook and Instagram at The Union Movement.